This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Straight Up Texas podcast, the official podcast of the Texas Rangers, a celebration of the Texas spirit uh, in the Texas Rangers team and everywhere around us. Uh, this podcast presented by our friends at Whataburger. Got a sweet Whataburger hat that I like wearing around from time to time. Uh, I'm Jared Sandler, joined as always by the great J.B. Sauceda, founder of Texas Humor. Later, we're going to be joined by a special DFW celebrity, Madison Koshin, uh, gold medalist uh, back in the Rio Olympics uh, in gymnastics, uh, went out to UCLA. She continues to represent DFW and the state of Texas in, in such a tremendous way uh, and really looking forward to, to you all getting a chance to hear our conversation with Madison. Yeah, so this is the Straight Up Texas podcast, and uh, we are the official podcast of the Texas Rangers, uh, but we're more importantly the podcast of Texas. We want to dive into all the great things about the Texas Rangers and the thing that uh, that team, uh, our team has in common with our great state. And so uh, to kick it off today uh, and, and talk a little bit of Rangers, uh, Rangers came off of a couple of good series, uh, one that was okay against the Astros, uh, but Pretty good one. Uh, almost looked like it was going to be a sweep against the Rockies, but I think you wanted to chat a little bit about some uh, uh, some outstanding uh, pitching that's been coming from some of the de- debut players. I know uh, Glenn Otto had a pretty good opening game in, uh, against Houston. Um, you know, what, what, what are you thinking, Jared? Yeah, so, you know, we're we're talking here. It's, it's September 2nd, so this is the off day. This is Thursday. Uh, it's 1051. So I haven't had lunch yet, but I am going to go to Whataburger and have some lunch, get that Pico de Gallo burger. We'll tell you about in a little bit, but, uh, so far at the time we're having this conversation, Glenn Otto and AJ Alexi, uh, have each made their major league debuts and, and pitched once, and they both went five shutout innings. And it's just really exciting. You know, I think we've talked before on this podcast about the, the young talent in the Rangers organization, guys who are at the major league level and guys who are coming up through the minor league system, and we're starting to see these guys matriculate through the system and have success as they get to higher and higher levels, obviously, with that top level being Major League Baseball. And Glenn Otto uh, looked nasty against the Astros. That's a really, really good lineup with a tremendous slider. He had seven strikeouts in his five innings. I think all seven came on the slider, got a lot of his outs on that pitch. Uh, Glenn Otto was acquired by the Rangers in the Joey Gallo deal. So it's never fun, never easy to trade away someone like Joey Gallo, but it it does soften the blow a little bit when you start to see some of the success from guys you got in that deal. AJ Alexi was a guy the Rangers acquired back in 2017 in the U Darvish trade. Uh, it, it, a lot of people think about Willie Calhoun, but it was Willie Calhoun uh, and a, a, an infielder uh, from the Dodgers, Brendan Davis, and then AJ Alexi. And a lot of people back then were saying, Hey, don't sleep on this Alexi guy. He's really young and he's, you know, several years away, but, this guy could end up being really, really good. And well, so far, so good. He's had a tremendous year in double and triple A. He's got an ERA under two. He's come up, made one start so far at the major league level and five scoreless innings looked really good. I think what stands out about both these guys, they just seem prepared 
for these moments, for these challenges. They don't seem, they don't have that deer in the headlights look. Uh, it, it's, you know, their, their time in the minors, uh, plus just their own, probably their own mental and internal makeup. They, they act and feel like they belong. And I think that confidence that, that means a lot that goes, that go, that helps you go places. And, uh, both those guys have pitched. Well, does this mean that they're both going to be all-star pitchers throughout the duration of their career? Who knows? It's one start, you know, and, and don't want to put too much pressure on these guys to live up to, to that standard. But I think big picture, what it is showing us is that there's, there is a lot of talent coming up through the system and the Rangers don't need every single one of these guys to hit, right. You know, in the past, it's like, shoot, well, we only have like three or four arms who, uh, you know, maybe have the potential to really impact the club. So one of them better hit. And the reality is the odds are that for every, you know, I don't know what the exact percentages are, but if you've got five quote unquote prospects, probably only one of them, maybe two are going to hit and, and be guys who contribute to your team for several years. Well, when you've got not four or five, but you've got 10, 12, 15. Now, all of a sudden, if one out of every five hit, well, that's three guys who are going to be big time contributors. And, and you obviously are shooting for more than just one out of five, but point being the Rangers have more darts and we're seeing that and, and having guys like Glenn Otto and AJ Alexi come up and uh, have great debut starts. It's really exciting. It's exciting for the fan base. It's exciting for the organization. And it's definitely going to be fun to follow them here the, the final month of the season. What about uh, Andy Ibanez? You know, he he had a pretty solid August, but he's uh, sitting on the bench uh, right now. With, uh, looks like a little bit of a hamstring issue. Yeah, so unfortunately he is hurt, uh, but was the, the Rangers player of the month in August. And here's what's really cool. Uh, Andy became the first player in Major League Baseball to do something here in the 2021 season. Uh, he had consecutive multi-hit games uh, over the course of a week, seven straight games with multiple hits. So we always talk about hitting streaks and, you know, hitting streaks are great. Nick Solak at the time we're having this conversation has a 10 game hitting streak, but Andy Banez seven straight games with multiple hits. That is something that no one else in major league baseball has done this year. And what's exciting. He is another one of these guys, you know, he's not as young as a Glenn Otto or an AJ Alexi Andy's in his, uh, you know, late twenties, but this is his rookie year. And he's another guy who could be uh, an impact bat for this team moving forward. Uh, he got off to a really slow start went down, came back up, and he's been really good. He's arguably, unfortunately, you know, getting hurt. Uh, it takes him out of the lineup, obviously, but he's arguably been this team's best offensive contributor since the All-Star break. And uh, even though the Rangers aren't going to get the benefit of that right now as he deals with the, the hamstring injury, uh, it is something exciting going into the offseason as the Rangers consider their options. But Andy Banya is having a great uh, second half of the season. And it's just pretty cool. You know, this is a team that, Obviously, has had its struggles, but no one else in Major League Baseball, not Fernando Tatis, not Vladimir Guerrero, Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, Aaron Judd, none of these guys, none of these tremendous players have put together a stretch of seven straight games with multiple hits. And Andy came just short of the franchise record, which was Rusty Greer's mark in 2000. Rusty had nine straight games with multiple hits. That's a, a pretty incredible mark. Uh, the Major League record all time, 13. Uh, so Andy, just barely over halfway there. Who, who is that? Uh, before, Rogers Hornsby uh, had a streak of 13 straight games, with multiple hits. It's uh, that's quite incredible. Hmm. How many uh, straight games have you had uh, with multiple hits? Man, uh, back in the day, probably one, and then none, and then I just restarted at one. And it's like that you're playing video games, you're trying to get to that next level, but if you lose, you go all the way back to the beginning. I 
I was constantly going back to the beginning when I was playing baseball and whatever streaks I was trying to have. Yeah, like those uh, zero days since workplace accident uh, signs. Yeah, exactly. To zero. Fair enough. Cool. Well, you ready exactly. to uh, jump into this interview with Madison? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, so Straight Up Texas podcast presented by Whataburger. It's a great hat. I wore it the other day. I can put it on right now because, as I said earlier, see, it's a little flat. You know, I got the flat bill Whataburger hat. Uh, so it's 1057 now. And lunch is next for me. So we got our chat with Madison. Then it's time for lunch. And I'm going to go get that Pico de Gallo burger. First of all, I love Pico de Gallo. I didn't know I liked Pico de Gallo until I was like 21. It was really weird. But I tried it once on fajitas. And I was like, this is awesome. Well, how about in burger form? The Pico de Gallo burger at Whataburger, it's awesome. We've talked to you about the shakes, the Dr. Pepper shake, the peaches and cream shake. That stuff's amazing. And how about the entree, right? You need to fill yourself up. You got the Pico de Gallo burger. You can also have it in chicken form. Pico de Gallo chicken sandwich, but head on over to Whataburger. Remember, this is only available for a limited time. This is a Texas stable. Pico de Gallo, I think of Texas, I think of Pico de Gallo. That's why it's such a perfect fit for the Straight Up Texas podcast. Whataburger, of course, representing the state of Texas. But I'm going to go get that Pico de Gallo burger. I'm going to get that awesome side of fries and maybe a milkshake as well. But head on over to Whataburger, get that Pico de Gallo shake. Uh, and I'm going to do that after our great chat with Madison Koshin. I'm really excited about it. Uh, I hope you really enjoy this. Madison, such a, a, an amazing young woman who is doing tremendous things, more than just winning an Olympic gold medal. Uh, we're going to talk to her about that and more. But here we go. Our conversation on the Straight Up Texas podcast with Olympic gold medalist Madison Koshin. All right, Madison, really excited to chat with you. Uh, the first thing that we always like to ask people, this is, of course, the Straight Up Texas podcast presented by our friends at Whataburger. What does Straight Up Texas mean to you? It can be a word, it can be a, a sentiment, it can be a whole essay, but when you hear the phrase Straight Up Texas, what comes to mind? Um, I would say community. <laughs> okay, and what, what about community? Why, why is that the word that pops to the, the front of your head? Um, so I was born and raised in Dallas and I feel like just going through my gymnastics career and then, um, coming back recently after college, I feel like I've been welcomed into the community, whether it's gymnastics, it's sports, um, stuff through my faith. I just feel like everyone's always been very welcoming and very like family-like. All right. I know, you know, speaking of community, a big part of what you're trying to do is, is give back to the community. Uh, this is a uh, childhood cancer awareness month. Uh, I know that you're a big advocate for pediatric cancer. What are some of the things that you're doing and what are some of the things people need to know that uh, maybe can join in on, on the, the effort to raise awareness and, and raise money and, and combat uh, cancer in general, but pediatric cancer specifically. Yeah, I feel like September is obviously very important to me, um, being Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Um, I've done a few products that um, are giving back to the Jesse Reese Foundation, which is a foundation um, encouraging kids fighting cancer and their families. And um, so I'll go into their factory and stuff these um, joy jars, which are basically just filled to the brim with toys. And then I'll take those and deliver them at hospitals and um, just kind of be able to like hang out and um, play with the kids that are allowing visitors. Um, and then also for like their siblings or their family, um, because it's obviously really tough on them too, just living in the hospital. So 
Um, those are like a couple things I do. Um, and then I just try to give back in any way that I can. I feel like for me, even on my toughest days in the gym, like these kids are going through way worse and fighting for their lives. So um, I think that's something for me that really helped me keep going and um, just keep going after my dreams. What, what's your connection to, you know, the, that particular charity? Is there a, you know, family or personal experience? Um, so recently there actually was, but when I first started um, working with them, I just, I love working with kids, um, whether it's in the gym or um, just playing with kids. So I think just after doing my first hospital visit, I wanted to become more involved um, and just like being able to like see the smiles on their faces, just like someone older than them is like playing with them and like cares about them. Um, but recently about two years ago, um, one of my best friends in college, her little brother was diagnosed with uh, leukemia and he passed away a little bit less than a year ago um, from leukemia. So I just wanted to keep supporting her and keep giving back to that community and try to increase funding. And I have been able to have this incredible life. And like these kids sometimes will like never even get to experience like playing sports or um, just like stuff like that. Um, so I just try to put things in per into perspective and um, just think about how amazing like my life is even on like the hardest days because these some of these kids just like won't get to experience a normal childhood all right madison you you obviously grew up here you trained at the uh, world uh world olympic gymnastics academy uh, i used to drive by it all the time and, and see it as woga i don't know if that's what people actually call it uh but uh, that was uh the the lucan's gym and i know yourself and and nastia and carly patterson and uh, and, and so many other tremendous gymnasts maybe who we didn't quite get to know on the Olympic stage have come through there. I'm just curious, you know, the, I know people think of Texas, they think of like football and stuff, but uh, I guess gymnastics is a pretty, uh, there's a pretty strong pipeline in Texas, specifically in DFW. What, what was that like representing that gym, representing the DFW community uh, as you continue to progress throughout your career and, and, and perform on bigger and bigger stages? Yeah, actually, um, Texas is a pretty big gymnastics state. I feel like a lot of girls um, either go on to college, go to the Olympics. I mean, even just in 2016, Simone and I were both from Texas. Um, so there is a lot of talent that comes out of Texas. But yeah, of course, like a lot of people remember it as like a big like football state, baseball state. Um, but I think for me, like it was really cool to finally realize like how many people were supporting me and behind me and like growing up like I might have not realized it as much as like beyond my family and friends um but like once I got over there like it was crazy coming back to all these people that were like reaching out to me um and just knowing like there are so many people watching and so many people that just really were thankful of us representing USA so well and did you feel that specifically with Texas? Like the, you know, obviously I think every state probably has state pride. I, I don't know if any state has as much pride as Texas does, <laughs> but uh, to be like Texas's own and, and DFW's own, was there an additional level of pride and knowing that you were representing, you know, communities smaller than the United States, but uh, powerful like DFW and, and like Texas? Yeah. It's funny because I do agree with like, 
people that are from Texas, I feel like are really um, just like live, love Texas um, and have a lot of pride in Texas and where they come from. Um, so yeah, for me, I feel like a lot of people from Texas, um, just all, all around, not just in the Dallas area, but we're just really supportive and um, just really cheering on us super hard when we were over there. And it was really nice. And um, I really appreciated all the support that I got from back home. Um, even just like certain things on media or certain texts that were like, I'm from Texas. Like I live like two blocks from you, something like that. Like it was, <laughs> it's just, it's funny to know like how much a community it really is here. All right. So I spoke with Nastia during the pandemic and I asked her about this whole idea that you as a gymnast spend all this time training and preparing and competing. But as you mentioned earlier, the Olympics, that's, that's the pinnacle. And it's, you know, a, one routine or one event and all of that work, all of the, the hours and hours and hours and the sacrifices all kind of, uh, I think in the perception of some people all boil down to that performance, the, the, you know, it happens every four years and, and not to, uh, minimize all the other competitions and what you did at UCLA and all the other performances, but the Olympics is the, the grand stage. How did you deal with the pressure and the expectation that you could have 700 consecutive tremendous days of practices and competitions and what have you, but it, it, it came down to this one performance, uh, this one event, this one routine, whatever it might be. And obviously you all had tremendous success and passed with flying colors, but leading up to that, what was it like mentally preparing yourself for those specific moments? Yeah, you're exactly right. It's, I don't really realize how much pressure it was until like I start talking about it. Um, but it's more so like it is a team sport. Like we won team gold, but it's very, it's a very individual sport. Um, you don't have like, I guess like in baseball, like you have multiple at bats, but like in gymnastics, like you literally have one routine. So if you make a mistake or something like that, like it really affects the team because you don't get another chance to like go up on bars or something and, and redo it. Um, so I think like one thing that helped me besides like all of the repetitions and um, just like really doing my routine so many times that it was just muscle memory. Um, I worked with a sports psychologist and he helped me like a lot, um, just like trying to work on my mental game and, um, really put myself back in my like home gym, like as if I was training, um, and just see myself doing what I wanted to do and doing my best routine and going out there and, um, just like trusting and relying on my training that I had done millions of times before that. Talk to us a little bit about what, what those uh, training days look like for you. I mean, what, what, uh, what all goes into, uh, you know, we, we see it on TV, right? Like the, the fun performance side of, of, of gymnastics, but uh, what, what does training for that look like? Yeah, obviously like a lot of people see the Olympics, obviously that's the pinnacle of the sport. Um, but I mean, growing up, I started gymnastics when I was five and of course every kid you know, like wants to go to the gymnastics, wants to go to the Olympics, wants to get a college scholarship, just stuff like that. Um, and I'm sure I was like that as a kid too. Um, but I just really loved being in the gym, being with my friends. Um, 
I was a competitive kid playing multiple sports um, until I decided just to go the gymnastics route. Um, but you don't really realize when you're that young, like what it takes behind the scenes to like get to the top. Um, only five people made the team in 2016. And um, there are a lot of days where it was like really hard to keep pushing, um, especially through injuries. I had five surgeries, I think it was, um, and multiple just random injuries, but um, I trained 35-ish hours a week. Um, basically, I saw my coaches more than my family and my parents. Um, so it was really like it became a second home to me. Um, and at that point, you really do have to love the sport because there's no reason to spending that much time of your life if you're like miserable in there. So um, I don't know, for me, like it, it was tough, but there was something that kept going that kept me wanting to accomplish more and do more and see how how much I could accomplish and um, how much I could push myself to my limit. Madison, I'm, I'm curious. So for a big part of your life, I know you talked about, you know, family, the balance and trying to keep things normal, but you were Madison Koshin, the, the gymnast, the Olympic gymnast, and you went to spring Creek, which if, if I recall, that's kind of like half school, half training, uh, being a gymnast was such a big part of your identity. And then you, you retired a little over a year ago. Uh, how awesome has it been for you to just be Madison, the, the girl in her twenties, you know, trying to take whatever the next steps in life are. And, and I know you want to get into the, the medical world, like how much fun have you had now getting a chance to, to not necessarily put gymnastics, you know, in, in the rear view mirror totally, but just being Madison, the person, not Madison, the gymnast and finding that identity. Yeah, it's, it's been, um, I guess I would describe it as a roller coaster. I finished my career right when COVID hit. Um, that was my senior season at UCLA. So um, we didn't really get to finish season. Um, didn't really have graduation either. But um, I feel like getting over that hump, like it was a lot to process at first, just literally like not only the whole world shutting down, but um, just like completely losing that side of my identity, being a gymnast. Um, but now like after like a year had passed, I feel like it's honestly, I just have so much more free time, um, just like doing what I want, um, just like really exploring different options. Um, and then I've been yeah preparing for um, applying to PA school and hopefully starting that new career and um, new path for me. So I'm excited about what's to come. Um, it's been like kind of a weird transition year, but um, it's, it's exciting and I'm excited for the future. Yeah. I was going to ask about that. Like, I mean, what, what is that, that, is there a sense of relief that comes with, uh, you know, the career being over, um, in, in finding the, the new opportunity or, or getting the break? Um, or, or is, uh, is it something that you just kind of yearn, uh, for that, that kind of like energy level in that competition? Um, I think a little bit of both. At first, when I finished, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have so much time. I'm like excited, like not to have to like kill my body in the gym. But um, then I was like, I've always had a schedule my whole life. Like I always had to be somewhere like at 8 a.m. So um, that was kind of weird that I like had so much free time. I was like, almost didn't know what to do with it. Um, so I kind of am like, it's kind of weird to like 
say, but I like almost like want a job already because I want to get back on a schedule. <laughs> but I think it's just because I think I need this time down. Um, but I'm just like so used to having a schedule. So it's like, it's just weird for me. Circling back to the Olympics, you know, you mentioned Simone Biles, uh, Houston. So she, you know, like yourself represents the state of Texas and does so tremendously. I, I know another really cool part of the Olympic experience though, is, is your mixing with all of the athletes, uh, from, you know, all over. I, I'm curious who were some of the athletes and were there any other, uh, you know, like across different sports, who you got a chance to get to know, or, or maybe people you grew up watching or, you know, I, I don't know who are some of the athletes, whether you have a relationship with them to this day or not, that you got to meet. And you're like, wow, like that's pretty sweet. I got to meet this person. Um, I remember meeting Usain Bolt in the village, which was really cool. Like he was huge. He was so tall, especially <laughs> compared to us as gymnasts. But, um, I want to say, um, even just like meeting Michael Phelps and a lot of like the USA athletes, because that was like the first time, like that we mixed with like team USA, like sports wise. Um, cause like world championships was always like just gymnastics. Um, so I feel like meeting like a lot of the swimmers, um, it was cool meeting Katie Ledecky because she was in college, like around the same time I was. Um, so we would like obviously compete against Stanford and go up there and, um, trying to think who else. I guess athlete wise, um, I haven't met Alex. Well, actually I have met Alex Morgan, um, like briefly, but it was, she's always been someone that I kind of like looked up to, um, trying to think. What, what is it about the Olympics that like people don't understand the experience of going, you know, any of that, right? Like there are all these stories about like the, the Olympic village and just like the parties or whatever it is that happens there. But like, what, what, <laughs> What was that experience like for you to, to go? I mean, that, that has to be just such a big kind of coming of age or made it moment, um, you know, to, to having your career. Yeah, I think, well, I think one of the coolest experiences was just literally walking around the village, um, seeing the other countries, like how many people were there, um, going to the dining halls and like coming across different athletes. Um, and then like the pin trading was a big thing. Um, so I have like a, a huge board of like, we would try to get pins from like each country and, um, we actually like collected a lot, but that, that was like our like fun thing outside of the gym because we still train twice a day, um, and like slept in between practices. So we didn't get to see like any other sporting events or stuff like that because gymnastics like stretches a long time during the, um, during the actual Olympics. Um, but we did get to do closing ceremonies, which was awesome. Um, and just being able to walk behind the flag and, um, experience that. So, so, I mean, I, I do have to know like which country is the group of, or maybe better, more specifically, which, which sport is the party animal sport? Is there <laughs> a, like, are the swimmers really crazy? Like, is it the archery? Guys, <laughs> who, who's who's known as the uh, the folks who may be staying out a little bit too far past curfew? Honestly, that's a good question. I have no idea. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Like the team USA is was all like in the same high rise, um, so we would like we would cross paths between people. But I mean, as gymnasts, like we were pretty much like on our schedule um, and didn't have that much time to venture out, but. I don't know. There's, it's probably a silent assassin, like maybe like the like 
speed walkers or like something <laughs> like someone that's just there like just like for a little bit and and then just has like a lot of time on their hands all right madison i know you are a big texas rangers fan i know you've been out to globe life field uh, i guess let's start with this what are some of your early texas rangers memories or why other than it being the local team why uh, are you such a big rangers fan what is it about the rangers what is it about baseball uh when i first like I feel like my first games was probably when I was like four or five. Um, my aunt, like literally I have a picture and my aunt used to like literally make us like Rangers outfits. And when I was like really young and I would like match with my cousin. And so those are like some of my like early memories where I, I probably don't remember much of like baseball itself, but I just remember like having fun and like being outside and um and since I lived inside in the gym, I loved being outside. Um, but I don't know what it is, but I just, my brother played baseball just growing up and I would always go to his games. Um, and then it was just something that I would like watch. I would literally watch like the Rangers like every night with my dad because he's been a big fan since literally since I was born. Like he was at the game when my mom was going into labor. So, <laughs> so I think maybe that's where it started. I don't know, but it was something that was like different from gymnastics, but I still like love sports. And so I was able to like take my mind off of gym when I came home. Um, but I would literally just watch it with him at night and um, just like chill out watching games. So <laughs> did you have a favorite player, either uh, past or present? Um, Belche was my favorite. Yeah, that's a great answer. He's Jay's <laughs> favorite too. All right, Madison, you and I both grew up in a Rangers games at what was known at the time, the ballpark in Arlington, Globe Life Park. Uh, last year, moved into Globe Life Field. This is the first year with fans. I know you've got a chance to go out. Uh, what are your impressions of the new home of the Texas Rangers? I mean, one, just the roof. Like, that. I feel like that's a game changer, especially, like, I mean, it is cool, like, to be outside. Like, that is one thing I could kind of miss. But, but the, like, hot like summer days that it used to be so hot in that stadium. like so hot like it, it would be like you would be dreading it if you were just sitting in the sun all day so um I mean just the roof like itself is like I I know it's probably like a huge relief for a lot of the players um but I don't know there's so many just like even down to the details I was like man this place is crazy um, if you just like look at all of the like small detail, like decorations, everything that was just kind of like the thought behind it. And, um, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's so many things that I feel like I find something new every single time I go. <laughs> Madison, I, I guess last thing, uh, the Rangers hopefully, uh, will get that first elusive world series here in the very near future. Uh, if you had to like drum up a perfect scenario, uh, you're at the game. Who are you with? Who are the people outside of family? So I, I know family is a big part. You mentioned uh, your cousin and, and, and your aunt dressing you up. But outside of family, you can enjoy that very first Rangers World Series with three people. Uh, who would those three people be? Um, that's a tough one. Because I, I have like three of my best friends. We lived together um, the past like three years. Um, but I don't know. I would say 
probably my roommate that I've lived the longest with and her boyfriend, he loves sports too. Um, outside of family, hmm. I don't know. It'd have to, it'd probably be like a combination of my best friends and, um, and one of my best friends, her boyfriend too. Okay. That works. Well, this has been the straight up Texas podcast presented by Whataburger Madison. It's awesome having you on, uh, someone who not only represents DFW in Texas so well, but represents uh, the United States of America. Uh, it's super cool. I mean, I, I can't even imagine, I'm, I'm sure there are random days. You just think about, uh, how awesome it was to represent the entire country. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable, but it's been really cool watching your career from afar and now getting the chance to chat with you uh, and best of luck as you begin the next chapter of your life. And uh, I know so many people are looking forward to seeing what's next for you, but we really appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much. Let's go, baby!